If I had to point to a train of thought today, it would be this. Regardless of who you are, we're all children of God, and this is His world. Ah, my lovely people of the internet, it's EDB. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long as I sit here listening to the birds just singing and uh, sounds like a motorcycle just racing. It's so much going on as I'm outside on the porch just admiring the beauty that is this world. Today is Sunday. And on Sunday, we like to present a Sunday morning service for you. I believe that anywhere we can gather is an opportunity for us to have some type of connection. And this uh, world by which we live in now presents uh, a whole new different norm. And so as the motorcycle decides to again allow us or uh, begs for us to know that he is there. I think he's calmed down now. He's ready to come to church. That's all right. Come on in. We welcome you. As we get into this part or this new reality by which we live, it's very important for us to think about that everything we know is different. And so as I approach these particular podcasts, you might have heard the ones that we've done before now, and they've just been a recording and just threw it up there and, and kind of let it go. But this week, we're doing something different as he uh, did not stop. He must have been at a red light. So he has picked up. That's on the other side of, of the river. You can't see it, but, you know, it's fine. You can imagine what I'm saying with you. It's funny when you're outside, you hear all the noise and you have to start explaining stuff. You understand what I'm saying? So getting back to my point, now that we are in this new reality, uh, I have thought that just presenting you with a taped conversation is, is not personal enough. So I've decided to come in, uh, in and out. You will hear me having these conversations with you, being more personal and adding uh, the service from our call this morning to the mix. So it's going to be a little uh, blend of them both. And hopefully we can create a service for you that feels and operates, if not like the church that you know, but can feel and operate like the church that we will come to know. And so with that being said, I'm going to give you a few moments to get yourself together, your coffee, uh, your Bible, or you're going to use your iPads more than likely because, you know, all of us are tech people. But get in a location, get your wives, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, your husbands, all the cheering, get them all around, gather them. We got about two minutes to uh, to do that. Uh, we're going to put the the offertorial part up in here. We call it monetization of the ad. Let's just go ahead on Sunday and call it the offer. I'm not asking you for money, but if you will listen to me while I plead to you why uh, we need the money, then that's all right. All you got to do is listen. Is that all right? That's all right. So we're going to do that. And after that moment of plea, Reverend Chavis is going to begin with our service. Ah, awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. Amen. Amen. And hallelujah. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, family. Welcome to the first virtual church. And know that you can be with us and we can be with you no matter where you are or what you are going through. Amen. Thank you to Mama Bell for that beautiful rendition this morning. Our call to worship, shout triumphantly to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with celebration. 
Come before him with shouts of joy. Enter his gates with thanks. Enter his courtyard with praise. Thank him. Bless his name. Because the Lord is good, his loyal love lasts forever. His faithfulness lasts generation after generation. Psalms 101 to 2 and 4 to 5. Amen. 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 The recitation of what we believe. We strive to walk together in Christian love. We will strive to avoid a contentious spirit. We engage to watch over, to pray for, to exhort and stir up each other unto every good word and work, to participate in each other's joys, and with tender sympathy, bear one another's burdens and sorrows, to be slow to give or take offense, but ready for reconciliation. When we leave each other, we engage as soon as possible to reunite and to carry out the spirit of this covenant, both with God and each other. This morning's reading. Our scriptural reading this morning has its focus as the repentance of sin. Our verses are Isaiah 55, 6 5, Acts 3, 19, Luke 15, 18 through 24, and Isaiah 1. 18. Isaiah 55, 6-7 Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call me upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon Acts 3.19 Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out for the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. As Luke 15.18-24 This is from the story of the prodigal son. I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him Father I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. But my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be married. Isaiah 1, 18. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Amen. 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 In this morning's scriptural meditation, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Everybody doing well? This beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. You know, as as I was uh, thinking about this this past week, I came up with. uh, something that I've used, I use quite often uh, in my own life, and I think it's important that, uh, uh, you know, I pass it on to everybody. 
that, that's on this morning, and hopefully they'll they'll use it in their lives and pass it on. I know when I was growing up uh, uh, and learning things, uh, it was always important for me to um, heed the, the the words of my my parents and, and my teachers, and and as I went along in life, there was a, a common thing a theme that, that uh, they kept telling me. Uh, when I did something wrong and uh, I, I needed to be uh, uh, monic- punished or, or, or talking to or, or whatever they had in mind, and I would have to face them, one of the first things that uh, my parents would tell me is to look at them. Look at them in the eyes so I, I, they could see that I, I, I was uh, truly uh, sorry for what I did. Um, and as I went to school and learned my teachers and fellow students or, or even reading books, they always said, you know, when you talk to somebody, look at them. Look at them in the eye. Let them know that you're paying attention to what they're saying. You know, don't, don't turn away from them because they're important to you and you're important to them. And, and the Bible tells us a lot of things about the eyes and what we should do. And Psalm 18, verse 8, very short, but very, very uh, important. I use, like I said, this is something that, because it's real easy, and I say it over and over uh, many times during the, my course of my life, and sometimes more than I need to, uh, actually more than I, I, I should, because it should be an easy thing, but sometimes we don't do it. Um, it says, I will keep my eyes on the Lord, and with him at my right hand, I will never be shaken. And, you know, um, and that's important. You know, we, we've got to keep our eyes and our focus on the Lord, on, on Jesus. There was a little guy in the, in the Bible <clears throat> that uh, wanted to see Jesus, so uh, he heard he was coming, but the crowds were so great he couldn't see so what he did, he climbed up on a tree. And Zacchaeus got up in that tree, and, and who saw him but Jesus? And Jesus told him that he should come down because he would uh, wanted to have lunch with him. He wanted to eat with him. He wanted to share the good news of, of who he was with him. So, you know, that guy that climbed that tree to, to see, so he would be able to see Jesus, you know, uh, it, it was important to him that much that he would he would do that um, to to reach out to Jesus and, and we should keep our eyes on Jesus and remember that you know Zacchaeus climbed a tree for Jesus and then later on Jesus was nailed to a tree for us for our sins that we may uh, see him we may see him in in our life we may see him in heaven and we may rejoice with him so we always must keep our eyes on the Lord keep our eyes on Jesus and when we do that. It's hard for Satan to, to wedge his way into our life. You know, it, <clears throat> the brain is a great thing, but when you, when you think about who God is and you're praising God and talking to God on a, on a daily, continuous basis, it's hard for Satan to, to weasel in there and to cause you to, to trip and stumble. So... Uh, keep your eyes. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on on the prize, the prize that He offers us, eternal life yeah. through His His death on the cross and death on that tree. And I uh, think about that often. That you know He He gave up so much uh, for us. Uh, he He gave up being sitting at the right hand of His Father uh, to come down and and to be with us and to teach us that as long as we keep Him at our right hand we will have that eternal life. We will have that, that, uh, that prize that he offers us, that he gives us free and, and just for the asking. Lord, we just give you all the, the glory, and we thank you that we can open the scripture and we can uh, use, use it to and encourage each other and encourage ourselves. The Bible is full of good, good news, and uh, yeah. we just thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And we just remember to keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our eyes on our Redeemer, keep our eyes on on the the hope of salvation that He gives us, and keep our eyes yeah. on yeah. on just being 
being who God wants us to be. We just thank you for that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Amen. 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 And for this morning's prayer, Reverend Satan, the leader. I will lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my health and strength. My help cometh from the Lord who make heaven and earth. Gracious fathers, we come this morning. Help us to stay steadfast on you. Help us to trust you in every situation. Help us to look to you from whence cometh our health and strength. Help us, O oh God, to know that all power is in your hand. O oh God, whatever we need, God, you are there for us. You promise us, God, that you will supply every need. And God, help us to relax in you, rest in you, knowing that all things is working out for our good. We just praise you this morning. We love you this morning, God, because of who you are. You chose us. We didn't choose you. And, God, we just come this morning and say thank you. Bless this audience this morning. Bless every listening ear, God. Encourage our hearts, God. Comfort us, O oh God, in every situation that we face. God, we don't have the answers, but you, we know that you have the answers. Bless our families, God. Bless our loved ones, though, God. Those that's out of the ark of safety. God, we praying this morning that you will save them today. We praying, God, that you will look down upon the sick and afflicted, those in the hospital, the nursing homes, wherever they are this morning, God. Look on them, God. Encourage their hearts. Let them know they're not lonely, God, but let them know you are there far off. We just put it all in your hands this morning, God, and we say thank you. We thank you for your love. We just thank you because you care so much about us, and we just say thank you, Jesus. We praise you and we magnify your name, and, God, we give you all the honor. All the honor goes to you. All the glory. All the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. How is everybody on this fine morning? Beautiful. I was uh I was thinking about the Reverend Dennis. Uh might have been I don't remember, it's all a blur at this time with what people speak. I remember the messages. I just don't remember dates very well. And before anybody tell me I'm too old, I got a lot on my mind, so y'all pray for me. <laughs> but uh, Reverend Dennis was saying uh, one day that you should walk the community. And uh, I made up in my mind, I said, I, I was going to do that one of these Sunday mornings. We were going to have, I was going to have a community walk, but I realized I don't think I can do the message and walk at the same time. So today I set up for just sitting out here and looking at the the beautiful uh, trees and the it's not as shiny as it normally is, but that's all right. It's not as hot as it's been either. So I, I, I'll take I'll take the latter. Uh, our, our song this morning, if I can just go ahead and move quickly so that we can make our observations, get into prayer, and uh, and uh, get into our little moment. It's, I will sing of my Redeemer. It says, I will sing of my Redeemer, all of his wondrous love to me. On the cruel cross he suffered from the curse, to set me free. I will tell the wondrous story how my lost estate to save in his boundless love and mercy he ransomed freely gave. I will praise my dear Redeemer his triumphant power I'll tell how the victory He giveth over sin and death and hell. I will sing of my Redeemer and his heavenly love to me. He from death to life has brought me, son of God, with him to be. Sing, O sing of my Redeemer, with his blood. He purchased me. 
On the cross, he sealed my pardon, paid the debt, and made me free. Amen. Amen. If you agree with that, amen. 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 Hi, my friends. It's EDB back here again. Now, I split the call into two parts. And the reason why this part is split, normally if you are familiar with how this call operates, with the plane now deciding that it's wanted to come in for a landing. There it is. Welcome to Norfolk, Virginia. It's so nice to see you all bright and sunny outside. If we can just give the plane a moment. Over there. I'm not going to sing. I'm just going to say over there. Over there. They'll be shouting, singing everywhere. I guess we should say up there. Up there. Let me just go ahead and close this window. I'm sitting on what is called my sun porch. And so I, you know, can hear all the noises and things. I don't think that's going to matter much by just closing the windows. But anyway, let me get to my point. You would normally, uh, if you are used to these calls with me just putting the whole uh, service through, there is a time of observation right through here. Well, I decided to split that off because we need our time, you and me, right? We're a different group of people. And it kind of speaks to uh, the conversation that I had earlier is that we can't just throw something in and call it something. No, we're a different breed. We deserve a personal touch. And so I want to speak strategically to this particular group of people. And in speaking strategically to this group of people, I focus my attention on what we're going to do here on the podcast. And starting tomorrow, we're going to have two podcasts a day. Our focus tomorrow is going to be, uh, or should I say in the morning, when you rise or at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. There's going to be our Bible study lesson that we've been doing traditionally on this channel. And after that, tomorrow at about 11 a.m., around about the time that this podcast goes out, it generally goes out 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to be precise. Tomorrow, we're going to do chapter 13 Uh, or chapter 14, we're going to do 13 in the morning and then 14, so we'll be back on schedule with our Bible readings. And then, starting Tuesday, we're going to be presenting a case. Or starting Wednesday, should I say. I think uh, Monday and Tuesday, we might do two Bible study lessons. I'm not sure yet. Or uh, Tuesday, we're just going to set the stage for what we're going to start July 1, which is going to be Wednesday. But at 11 a.m., the whole point of that is the 7, 6 a.m. call is going to be about Bible study. And the 11 a.m. podcast, or uh, not call, we're not doing calls over here, we're doing podcasts. I'm sorry about that. I'm getting a little confused. Please forgive me. But the 11 a.m. time is going to be about us focusing our attention on how we deal with issues. A lot of us, if you're like me, you have kind of suppressed the noise. You you don't want anything to do with it anymore. You just shut it out and you just act like it's not there. But the reality of it is there are people who are suffering from those issues that we are trying to avoid. And so with that, I ask that we focus our attention on those persons, not diving into it and arguing over policy and politics and what brings us further and further apart, but having a conversation about how we can come together. In the call this morning that has been eliminated from this, 
But I asked them because they're mostly our senior people. You know, only the old folks in Jesus get up at 7 a.m. And uh, I asked them, I said, you know, you are senior people and there is a divide between you and young people, which is mostly the ones that listen to this call as my watch is telling me to breathe. Calm down, boy, it's saying. And so the divide is that we kind of hate grandma and grandpa, think they're old, senile, need to be down at the home, angry and grumpy about everything, right? And so my hope and my thought for them and prayer for them is that they would start to understand and accept what exactly they need to know to help encourage us, not telling them they got to understand all the technology, not telling them that they got to figure this stuff out or be able to use a computer and edit videos and all the other. And they don't have to be on our level, but at least they have to understand it enough so that they stop criticizing it. Because I am a firm believer, as there's another plane flying over my head, that a lot of our struggles, at least in my neighborhood, is because grandmama and grandpapa just put down the future. And so we're hoping and praying that they would stop doing that and they would come to realize that that is a hindrance to our success. But over here, what I ask of you as uh, Pastor Booth is going to come back in and start to pray in just a few moments. I ask for you to think about how you can best communicate with your your parents. My grandmother would tell me all the time, she said, you need to sit down and have a talk with family members that bother you. You need to really talk to them and express to them how you feel. If your grandmama is depressing you, if your grandpa pa is is really putting you down, putting down your dreams. If mama and daddy are spitting on your ideas and the way that you believe your life should go, if they are part of that scenario, then go and sit down with them. And before you go, take a moment to pray for them and with you and them, if you can. Before you begin, say, can we pray with each other? And then afterwards, go, or before, if you can't, don't feel like you can, pray for yourself. Ask for God to give you the strength and the wisdom to understand how to connect and chat with your family. So with that, we begin our conversation. Like I said, over on this particular podcast, starting on Monday, we're going to do two podcasts a day. With our Wednesday call, the prayer call is going to be included in this podcast, if that is all right. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. So I would like for you to right now get your mind right. And we're going to uh, have Pastor Booth pray over us. And then we're going to have the message. Most gracious and eternal Father, we honor you, we praise you, we give your name the glory for this opportunity that you've given us. First of all, thank you for giving us the very breath in our bodies, the articulation of our speech, and the reason of thought of our mind, being able to, to see, hear, smell, taste, and touch, to have our right mind, a mind to recognize who you are and our minds to have a desire to be in your presence. We thank you because it was you that woke us up this morning and clothed us. And we thank you for that. And we don't take it for granted. So we intentionally, deliberately give you the praise and the glory for all that you've done, all that you're doing right now, and all that you're going to do in our we thank you because your word says that your your
will accomplish everything that it has set out to do. Father, as we look at the current events of the day, we, we are not totally surprised at what, what we're seeing because your scriptures is, 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 is manifesting itself. But I'm happy, I'm overjoyed that it doesn't end the way that the world seems to think it's going to end. Because at the end of the day, you have a remnant of people that still know how to call on your name. You have a remnant of people that still know who you are. You yeah. still have some prayers that are lingering out there that have not been answered. There is a pillow filled with tears that has name and situations on them that are yet to be answered. <laughs> Thanks to Lord God, you are God that always hears us, and you, 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 you don't fail us. You always hear our prayers, and we thank you. Father, the scripture lesson this morning gave us a picture of a man that wanted to see me so bad that he climbed up in a tree in the midst of those who were getting close to Jesus, those who were walking with him, those who have had experienced him, but he wanted him so bad that he climbed up in a tree. It, it reminds me of this generation that you're seeing today. They, they have been outcast because of what they have been labeled. This man was outcast because of what he has been labeled. But he did what he had to do to, in order to see you. And, Father, as we look at a confused generation, as we look at a generation that really don't know you, but they're trying to find you, they don't understand that they're looking for you. They don't even know that they're looking for you. But they know that there's an emptiness in their soul. They know that there's something there that is missing. They know that there's something on the deep down in their soul that they didn't put there that you put there. You said that after you formed man in your image, you blew into him, and man became a living soul. Right there in that boy, in that girl, there's a soul it's crying out. It don't, and, Father, we pray in Jesus' name as we uh, continue to pull things together, as we pull the minds of man together, the wisdom. Oh, yes, the wisdom of man together. We pray, God, that you would enlighten him and give him the, the, the necessary tools and the necessary strength to be able to pull all of this together, that those who are walking with Jesus can be able to have the same yearning in their spirit to see you as that child or that man, that boy, that girl, that, that has climbed up into the tree to see you. May they understand that there is a space between them that is on the ground and that which is the tree. We thank you because you are the bridger of the gap. You are the one standing in the middle saying, I can see you in the tree just as well as I can see you here that is walking with me already. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We give your name to praise. We give your name to praise for what you're doing. Thank you for opening up the minds and the hearts of people that they will be able to receive you. Thank God that they won't see time that I pray. They won't see men as trees, but they see men as they are. Ah, glory to God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Genesis. Amen. Chapter 3, verse 9 through 11. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 through 11. I ask for your uh, spiritual forgiveness 
as I have been uh, scripturally confused over the last few weeks. Sometimes I want to be in the King James. Other times I want to be in the NIV. Other times I want to be in the Amplified. Some days I want to be in the Holman Christian. Some days I want to be in the Message. And some days I want to be in the Common English Bible. So I'm going to be everywhere today. But for this particular passage, I'm going to read the Common English Bible because that just seems to speak to me more at this point. But Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 through 11 says, The Lord God called the man and said to him, Where are you? The man replied, I heard your sound in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. He said, he being God here, who told you that you were naked? That's all I want to talk about right there. I want to stop right there, and I want to focus on three passages or three parts of that particular scripture. Number one. Where are you? Number two, I was afraid, and I hid myself. And number three, who told you that? I want to focus today on three points, hiding, afraid, and confused. Hiding, afraid, and confused. And now, our Father, we pray that you will allow for me to clearly present this your case today, that all who listen both now and forever will see what you are speaking unto us. In the name of Jesus, the Christ, we pray. And everyone said amen. 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 The creation story is arguably the most interesting and controversial discussion a scholastic mind will ever have. Removing the formation of this world, its structural significance, architectural design, and self-operational abilities. The sun which if you are looking out your window has just started to peek out. Guess wants us to know, hi, I'm here. It's the star at the center of the solar system, the sun is. It is by far the most important source of energy for life on Earth. Its diameter, about 1.3 million kilometers, or 864,000 miles. Or, give you more of a mind-boggling. Are y'all still with me? Yes. To give you more of a mind-boggling, the sun is 109 times that of Earth. And its mass is about 330,000 times that of Earth. It accounts for 
about 900, excuse me, 99.86% of the total mass of the solar system. But remove all that. That ain't important. That ain't important. Don't even think about the creation of the animals and the fascination that an estimated range between 5.3 million and 1 trillion species scientists have uh, proclaimed occupy planet Earth. But that's not important either. It's wow. It's just a fascinating thing, but it's not, not important, not important. Then I, I got something that, that, that I know a lot of my, my senior folks are going, a couple of them are going to like that I know personally because we got to talk about the vegetation and the plants. Yeah, we're getting to y'all type of year. Yeah, let's talk about y'all garden for a second. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sister Granny was out there all day making sure her house looked like the White House yesterday. I, I saw her out there playing in her garden. It's it's amazing factor. Scientists have discovered that an estimated three hundred and ninety thousand nine hundred plants. Can you imagine a garden with 390,000 plants in it? Mm. Please don't ask me to go out there and do the gardening work in that garden. <laughs> I might lose my religion. <laughs> but that's not important either. That's not important. Even the walkers, with its four named ocean basins, the Atlantic, Pacific, Indian, and Arctic, and most notably, now the southern Arctic has been recognized by many countries, including the States United, as the fifth ocean basin. Never you mind how from these four or five basins we have the seven seas, which from there we get 165 different rivers. I don't think I mentioned, I might have, but, you know, I've been so into this, it could have slipped in or out. But about 71% of the Earth's surface is water covered. And the oceans hold about 96.5% of all Earth's water. If I did mention that, never you mind. All these individual environmental masterpieces are dwindled down to the smallest star when it compares to human life. Somebody say human life. Human life. You mind if I talk about the human body for just a few moments? Mm. The human body, which contains five organs that connect with some trillion cells each, watch this fascination, with their own structure and function. But even that, I know I've told you a lot of fascinating things, and then at the end told you it wasn't important, because it's not important. It's not important. Here's where it's important, because I know you asked me, well, what's important, boy? I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. The most fascinating point of all, all time, was when God and his team of heavenly engineers called a conference meeting one day. And they said, it's time for us to expand beyond heaven. We need a second location. Well, what do you have in mind, God? I'm so glad you asked, God replied. 
He said, I've been thinking about something I like to call man. This man will have what we have, and he will be able to do what we do. I think that is something that when I read it the first time, it struck me. He said, we will make them, let me get to your translation so that you can understand that I'm not trying to tell you something, or as they would say, I ain't jiving you. It says, in our likeness and in our image. Now, if I'm like him and in the image of him, that means I have what he has and I can do what he can do. Now you say, well, because I understand we don't want to uh, borderline become a heretic over here and start preaching some blasphemy, so let's make sure that the text is, is cooperating with our argument here. Because it also says when you go down in the man's story, it says he will reign and have dominion over all the earth. Well, that lets me know that if God controls the heavens and he just told man to control the earth, then we have what he has and we can do what he does. Mm. I'm going to leave that alone because that messes me up every time I think about it, how powerful and how much that he entrusted human life, how important yeah. human mm-hmm. life is. Somebody say human life. Human life. Human life. Mm. But before we, we get there, we got to hit another important part because it's very significant to our story. Mm. Lucifer, Satan, the devil, all terms known now for him. But what many somewhat gloss over is Lucifer's previous occupation. Mm. Somebody say he had a job before this. His job, before he became the prince of the air, the architect of death and destruction, he served as the first worship pastor of the Trinity Heavenly Assembly. You know, God had a church in heaven, you remember. And Lucifer was his worship pastor. I can imagine God preparing to preach to the angels, and he's sitting there listening to Lucifer lead worship. But Lucifer decided that he wanted to uh, rival with God. He decided that there was, uh, that he knew what he was doing, and there was a little disagreement during an after-church committee meeting. Y'all know how they go. All the folk that's been in the meeting, go ahead and get the laugh out right there. And after church committee meeting led to the first church split. Mm-hmm, you know how they go too. And with that, Satan was cast down to the bottom of the earth. So now that our picture has been fully developed, we can begin to understand just where the problem is. At least I can. The creation story clearly provides evidence that earth would serve as the battleground. If you with me, say battleground. No, battleground. It is at this moment our enemy sees an entrance. He has something by which he can strategize. He begins to play his game, but all he needs is two things, a man 
and a tree. Isn't it amazing the thought of how strategic God is? If I can just take a side road here for a moment, I know it seemingly uh, it seems like I've been doing that all morning, but I just got one more sign noted. At least I think. If there's another, please forgive me. You have the original Son of Man created with the unique finger of God who fell from grace because of something on a tree, only to have the second Son of Man also uniquely touched by God to come focus on redemption by hanging on a tree. Don't you see that? Is is it fascinating to anybody else but me? Please, I hope I'm not by myself. Am I by myself here? No. No. All right, all right. All right. So, he said, God, in his instructions, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. And then Jesus came, just to give you more, to dig into this more clearly. He said, I am the fruit of the vine, which means in order for him to claim and carry this ideological thought, he had to die. So one person ate and died. The other person to redeem had to die. The tree is the symbolizing factor of death here. But I got got to leave that alone. Maybe I'll come back to that at Easter. Let me maneuver back to my point. Because in the text here, we find the first part of our struggle. It was long before the American story. It was way back in the prehistoric days known as Genesis, where most begin to understand the fear of death. According to the 2017 survey of American fears conducted conducted by Chapman University, 20.3% of Americans are afraid or very afraid of dying. Phanatophobia or fear of death is a relatively complicated phobia. Many, if not most people, have it and don't even know it because they are afraid of dying. Some people fear being dead while others are just afraid of the actual act. Of dying. And many argue this fear is so prevalent that it affects our daily lives. There have been many stories of people who would get great opportunities but won't take won't them take because them. of the neighborhood it's in. I remember back when I was delivering newspapers for the Virginian pilot. I had a route, a route route over in Park Place. My route was between 35th Street and 21st, 1st Street. I remember parking my truck near a nursing home back over there off of 24th and Debris, I believe. It sits back up there in the cut. You might know where it is. And from there, walking all the park place, sometimes two, three, four in the morning. Walking through the industrial uh, area of park place where the track, the trailers would pull over for some extracurricular sporting, if you get my drift. Mm. Walking up 28th Street and down 29th where the winos and the drug dealers and those who weren't servicing the tractor trailer drivers 
resided. It was fine. Not a care in the world until I talked to a preacher. As long as that 1999 Ford F-150 was parked, my financial expenditures was low, and my exercising opportunity was high. I was in shape. I was more active. I was using this time to strengthen not only my wallet, but my body. It was all good until I talked to a preacher. Once I talked to a preacher, I lost my confidence. Once I talked to a preacher, I lost my faith. Once I talked to a preacher, I lost my enthusiasm. It was when I talked to that preacher that I started to lose my mind. Why did I mention the preacher? Because this is a part of his strategy. He knew he would not get to Adam, so he had to go through who Adam listened to. That's a very key point. The devil doesn't sometimes know that he can't directly attack you, so he attacks who you love. He depresses you through your cheering. He depresses you through your mamas. He depresses you through your grandmamas. He depresses you. He let grandmama say something that just puts you down. Grandmama don't know that she's doing it. She's just saying something out of mind. Grandpapa don't realize that that's hurting you. He but they just use the devil does these people because he knows for me he knew that preacher was the only person that I listened to, so he used the preacher to cause me to fear. That is the reason why in the garden, that moment when Jesus turned to Peter, just a few moments after he had ordained them to be the first senior pastor of the Christian church. And he told him in that moment, he said, what? Get thee behind me, Satan. Because he knew that the devil was using Peter. He said, well, where do you find that? Well, if you go down a little bit deeper or back further, you would hear what Jesus told Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, the devil wishes to sift you. Like we in it in the Bible, am I reading one of my own? And so Jesus recognized it wasn't Peter. But as Pastor Booth told us last Sunday, he didn't know what he was doing. So don't blame Peter. It won't Peter. If Peter had known, he wouldn't have done it. Can I see from Pastor Booth here just for a minute? If he had known Peter was attempting to halt the redemption story, he would not have done it. So fear makes sense, but why hide? As I try to bring this to a close, let me hurry on. The average person hides when they know they are wrong, but then we have those who hide when they are scared of criticism. So I originally looked at this text and focus my attention directly on the, not on the wrong act, because everybody does that. I remember going back and hearing this story all the time with our self-righteousness, mine at least. I won't talk about nobody else's. And every time you read the Bible, you find the sin to focus on. That's, 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 what, that's what happens down there. But what if we focus on this reality that Adam was hiding because he recognized he had a flaw and he could not bear anybody seeing his flaw. Although this Bible, you read of things like this all through it. They felt they were disqualified. You know some of them. Abraham felt he was too old. Moses felt he couldn't talk. Esther felt she was just a girl. Jeremiah felt he was too young. David was just depressed and defeated. As a matter of fact, it was David who specifically specifically asked God to hide me. Over in the book of Psalms, chapter 17, verse 8, if you want to check my story. 
But this brings my final point. Now I'm finna let you go. Because when Moses, when you think of Moses, Abraham, Esther, Jeremiah, and even David, when you peel back the onion, get into the allergic and do section, I find myself asking the same question God asked in our text. Who told you that? Who told you you were too old? Were you listening to some Republican senator who said senior members are expendable? Who told you you were too old? Did you get it from a CEO who looked at his balance sheet and recognized he could pay a junior 20 to 30% less than you, so he gave you a watch, kicking the behind? Not to mention you've been at the house, and it costs less to keep you at the house than it does on the clock. Who told you? When I was in school, I was told I would never be able to properly formulate a sentence. I think I'm doing all right myself. I don't know if anybody else agrees with it. I remember one day saying I wanted to be a preacher, only to have that Jezebel of a teacher. I ain't going to name a name. Look me square in the eye and say I'd never be able to speak or deliver a sermon. Who told you that? Sometimes you have to ask yourself, dear girl, who told you your only mission was to bear some man's kids, cook his meals, and clean his dirty drawers? Who told you God couldn't use you? Who told you you weren't called to preach? Who told you? young person who told you all you were good was listening and sitting down and being quiet until you was 18, told you that. Businesses were grown up, entrepreneurs were big boys. Who told you that? Sometimes, and I'm coming in from my landing now, Reverend, get ready. I look at all the opportunities this world has to offer I see all the goodness we as Americans possess, only to not see any or little African Americans there because somebody told us we didn't belong. Somebody led us to believe this was a white man's world and all us black and browns can do is just play a forcibly supporting role in their story. But I stopped by because... In the words of my favorite TV show that I snuck it in the middle of the night when Grandma didn't know I was watching Martin Lawrence, somebody done told us wrong. Because my Bible says we are children, therefore heirs and joint heirs in Christ. So I can with confidence close with a moment of agreement with the hymnologist by the name of Reverend Mark B. Davenport Babcock, who took frequent walks along the Niagara apartment to enjoy the the panoramic vistas of upstate New York and Lake Ontario. It was there he constantly get an understanding, an understanding I wish for all of us as we walk along the shorelines of Ocean View or the Elizabeth River Trail. I hope we can all agree with Reverend Babcock and believe with assurance. This is my father's world. Though the battle is not done, Jesus, who died, shall be satisfied and earth and heaven shall be one. Reverend. Amen. Amen. What a word. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Uh-uh. Wonderful. Thank you. 
I, I asked this morning if you find yourself suffering from what somebody told you. Do you find yourself hiding or afraid or confused because of what somebody told you? Remember that in Romans 10, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. So if you find yourself this morning seeking salvation, if you find yourself this morning in need of dedication because of what somebody told you, we offer the prayer of salvation. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I am a sinner, but you died for me. Jesus Christ, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Amen. As we come to the end of our time together this morning, I would like to thank you for being a part. I would also like to ask that you do something for me. Whichever platform that you're listening to this uh, presentation on, first of all, I appreciate you for being a part and I appreciate you for listening and the platform appreciates you for using uh, their avenue to connect. But in order for all of everything, just all of what we do, all of what your platform does, in order for that to be possible, they're going to need for you to do whatever they're asking. You say, what are they asking? Well, they might ask you to subscribe. They might ask you to follow. They might ask you to add. They might ask you to like. Whichever way that they ask, please do that. Because that will ensure that you get these podcasts, not just on Sunday, but every single day that we upload minus Saturday. Would you do that for me? I'd appreciate it. And therefore, like I said, you'll be bright and ready for them at either 6 a.m. Monday through Friday or at 11 a.m. Sunday through Friday. Until the next time that we can chat, I look forward to it for me and mine. Unto you and yours. Laters.